motherhood. That's the topic we're doing today. We're going to talk more about what we can do, what things we can control in our lives, because we're not just moms at the end of the day, and self-care is a big part of that. When I think of the term self-care these days, I picture people thinking time off to go to the salon or take a bath or take a walk. And don't get me wrong, those can absolutely be part of your self-care routine. The way I want to talk about self-care, though, for motherhood is energetically. We as moms, especially, are the energetic holder of our children's emotions, of their behaviors, until they're well on their own and well-developed emotionally. So not until like seven or eight are we talking. And even then, you still have to coach them through a ton of their emotional language, intelligence, and behavior. Being an energetic leader for such emotional, really all emotional, because that's really all they know at this point is working off of their emotions. They don't have the cognitive ability to think analytically. And I'm talking children under the age of nine, I would say. Their frontal lobe is not fully developed. So they cannot make rational decisions, which means that their brain is emotional. They are emotionally driven through life. Being their mom, you are the leader of that energy. And the reason you are the leader, and I'm not discluding dads because they definitely have their role, but the reason moms are the energetic leader is because you held them in your energy field for 10 months and then another probably 10 months outside of that, nursing them or feeding them formula, waking up at night with them, and overall, they just already know your heartbeat, they know your energy. So you are the default energetic leader. This is a big responsibility. And it's not just a big responsibility because they look to you to help them with their emotions. It's a big responsibility because if you don't have control over your energy field, then you are going to wreak havoc on theirs, which then wreaks havoc in your household. And this is where self-care steps in. Self-care says, in my mind, what's your energy look like? Where are your energy levels? And are you dipping every two weeks into a different energetic mode than you were the other two weeks? And if so, why? Self-care is self-reflection. What are you putting out energetically? What are you giving to your child energetically? They're going to remember how you made them feel more than what you did on an everyday basis. What's great about social media and people being on the internet and sharing their lives is that we're waking up to moms being like, hey, we're not meant to do it all. We're not supposed to carry the load, the energetic load of the house, the kids, the husband, the groceries. We're not meant to do all of that without help. This is great to wake women up to see that, oh, I can ask for help. I can take breaks. I can have bubble baths if I need to. 
The downside of seeing other moms on social media and on the internet, and I touched on this a little bit on the last episode, but in a different way for this episode, the downside is that society has made this social media, this everyone sharing themselves online, so that we focus on other people instead of focusing on ourselves. And I think that's where the disconnect in a lot of mothers come from, especially like the moms on social media who say they feel the mom guilt or they watch people on social media and then all of a sudden think they're not doing enough. We are guided to look at what other people are doing and how other people's energies are instead of focusing inward and seeing how our energy is. In that way, social media becomes a big distraction and instead of taking the time to self-reflect, which is a big part of self-care, we are using that time to scroll, to look at other people and what they're doing, and then that perpetuates that empty energeticness. And I've fallen into that trap. You get a second to yourself. All you want to do is scroll. You want to be mindless for a second. I totally get that. But if that's the pattern that we've become in motherhood, if that's all we do when we have breaks, then we are depleting ourselves and our energy and we're not actually taking care of ourselves. I'm not just here to talk about what we're not doing for self-care. I want to give the three main things that I have found that I focus on that helps me best solidify the care that I give to myself and my energetic being. So think of it as my cup and how I keep it full so that there's plenty for my child. Number one for self-care, which I've just mentioned, is self-reflection. For me and what I've recognized through trying to learn what I really do need to keep my energy levels consistent, it's self-reflection. What did I feel like today and how did that differ from yesterday and how did those days differ from two weeks ago, and also how is that affecting my household? When I started recognizing that my moods changed my daughter's behaviors, that became something that I needed to reflect on. Why do my moods come and go? And if there is a mood within me, what's the best way that I can energetically release that without it being her problem? So on those downtimes, like I was saying, I personally write or I meditate. And writing for me is big because when you're writing in a certain energetic state, say you're feeling angry or you're feeling anxious or you're feeling X, Y, and Z, when you write that, that energy is held within those words. So when you go back and reread it and reflect on it, You are understanding more about yourself almost from a third party because you're feeling the energy of those words and then you can reflect on that energy. How can I then change the way that I feel, change what I do so that changes the way that I feel, or does it just feel better writing it out and then reading it back so that you have the key of where that energy was being held inside you? And that sounds vague, so let me give you an example. When I feel anxious especially, I will write. Say I write, I'm feeling anxious today. It was raining outside. 
I was having a hard time paying attention tomorrow. I had a bunch of thoughts on my mind of things that I needed to get done, X, Y, and Z. I read that back. The words sound anxious. And it's because I recognize that I know I feel a little trapped. I feel trapped inside. I feel like I needed to get a bunch of things done, but then I don't want to do anything because it's raining outside. I understand that my mood changed because my environment for the day changed. That shouldn't reflect negatively on the energy that I give my daughter. And yet when I'm reading these words, I'm recognizing that it does. Okay, so that's a self-reflective tool that I now have that when I'm feeling anxious because I have a long to-do list and I feel trapped like I can't do that to-do list, I need to find an outlet to release that anxiety because it's not going to help me and it's not going to help me be a mom. Another big part of self-reflection is finding what does refill your energy. And this looks different to everybody. I think it would be detrimental to tell moms to go work out if that doesn't fill their cup. If working out feels like torture, if it feels like another chore, your energy is not going to replenish working out. You may feel better because of endorphins, but mental energy and emotional energy, if you are forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do, that's not going to fill your cup the same way that doing something that you truly enjoy would. Reflecting on what fills your energy. Maybe that's meeting up with a friend once a week for coffee. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's a hot bath. Maybe it's riding a bike by yourself. Whatever it is, figure that out for yourself. Reflect on the times that you feel really happy and you feel really boosted and good. For me, besides alone time, that's getting together with my friends and having conversation that's outside of motherhood, conversation that I don't get to have a lot or that differs than the conversations that I can have with my husband. Those I recognize boost my energy, so I know that I'm going to include those in my routine. Self-reflection on where your energy levels are is very important and it's really, really hard the truth is our bodies are our direct signal of how we're feeling. If we could just listen to our bodies, they're literally giving us signals all the time, but we've learned to ignore our body. We have learned that our body doesn't mean anything and that it's just our mind and our body is the true signal of what our energy is because that's where our energy is held. So what does your body feel like today? Are you sluggish? Do you have extra energy? Are you jittery? Are you tired? Listen to that and then ask yourself what you can do to support that energy so that it can be released. So for me, a lot of the times it's tired. And so then I will give myself time to sit down instead of trying to fight my body and say, guess what, even though we're tired, we're gonna keep go, go, going. I know that's gonna come back to bite me. So I've learned to listen to those signals of when I feel tired, to listen to my body and sit down. And maybe my daughter does watch a TV show for 30 minutes to an hour while I rest. But is that gonna make me a better mom and our day better because of it? Yes, because I'm the energetic leader. So if I'm depleted, she's depleted. <laughs> The mom guilt comes in because, again, society has told us that we're supposed to be doing everything all the time for everyone. 
And if we don't have enough energy to do that, then something's wrong with us. But guess what? Newsflash, no one's supposed to have all the energy to do that. No one in their right mind could have everlasting energy to do that. And if they do, then there's something going on inside that you don't know about. Women are very, very, very good at pushing things down and pushing our own energy to the side to help everyone else's out. And eventually that will come and bite them. Eventually. It might not be until you're 60 years old, but eventually it will come back to you. So the best thing that we can do is self-reflect on our own energy, our energy field, each and every day. How do we feel in the morning? How do we feel at night? What did we do to help ourselves today? How did we listen to ourselves today? And go from there. The second part of this self-care through motherhood, in my book at least, once you do have that self-reflection down and you understand that you need X, Y, and Z to keep your energy levels where you want them to be, where you feel satisfied and you feel that you have enough to give out, communication comes in next. Communication specifically with your partner, but also anybody who watches your child or who you live with. This is open communication that says, hey, I've done some self-reflecting and I am my best self energetically, emotionally, mentally, physically when I get X, Y, and Z done for myself. This is the best way that you can support me. And so here's how communication works. You don't come to your partner, let's just use your husband for example. You don't come to your husband with a problem. I'm not getting enough alone time. Okay, well, what should we do about that? You're not going to go to your husband with that kind of communication. You're going to go to him and say, I've noticed that alone time revives and recharges my energy and then I'm a better mom and a better wife because of it. I am looking for more alone time. Do you think that one night a week you can take the kids when you get home so that I can have alone time? Or do you think that on Sundays you can have them and I'll give you time on Saturdays? You want to come to the table with what your solution is, not just the problem. Communication in general by far in a marriage is the most important thing, but especially for self-care. Because if you're not speaking up for what you need, no one is going to. And that is an age-old understanding, but I think women have a hard time doing that because we're supposed to look selfless. And we're supposed to look like we can do it all. And we're supposed to put our kids first and then our husbands first as soon as they come home. And then like, if there's any grain of time for us at the end of the day, we'll take it. But that's not how it should be. Because if you think about it, your kids get all the time that they need and a lot of their energy is coming from you. You are giving them a lot of your energy. If you don't have energy to give because you're always putting yourself last and your care last, then that cycle is going to repeat and no one's gonna be happy in the home. So having your partner understand this, the people that you live with understand this, is a key part to your success in your self-care as a mom. An example of communication with your partner. I have recognized that I need a lot of time off. Mentally time off, emotionally time off, energy time off. As a toddler mom, toddlers are literally emotions in a ball. 
And that takes a lot of energy. A lot of emotional energy goes into being a toddler mom. And that can be depleting on a daily basis. So if I'm not getting some type of alone time at least once or twice a week, I'm not withstanding and being able to keep up with her emotional energy because a lot of it is coming from me. I'm the one that has to stay calm, keep her calm, give her my calming energy, and then that depletes my energy, so then I have to build that back up somehow. The communication that I've had with my husband is I need time away once or twice a week. And what we've come up with is a system. One night a week, he takes her as soon as he gets home all the way through into bedtime. One night a week, I take her so that he gets to do whatever he wants after work all the way through until after bedtime, at which time we'll meet up and we'll hang out. And then typically on weekends, not every weekend, but we try to make it happen, Saturdays, he'll get a few hours to himself to do what he needs. And Sundays, I'll get a few hours to myself to do what I need. This has worked really beautifully for us because it works with our schedules, it works with our child, and it works in our relationship. If our schedules were different, maybe then the time off would be different. But if I never brought up that I needed more time to myself, I would feel more depleted and the cycle would continue. This same thing goes with other family members who have access to your child, who you trust with your child. I think we tend to not want to lean on our family members, and maybe I'm speaking just personally, maybe you do lean on your family members a lot, but I notice that I have a hard time asking my family members to take my child for a few hours on a weekend. I'm just now coming around to the fact that it's okay that I ask. I'm not expecting them to watch her every weekend, but saying, hey, I could really use one weekend day a month where you take my child and I have a day to myself. Can we do something like that? Is there a solution for you that works best? Do you have a weeknight that you would want to do dinner with her so I get a few hours off? I think utilizing the support system that you have around you, even if it's not your partner, is going to be beneficial. And we just don't do that as women because, again, we're meant to look like we can have it all and do it all and have it together and still have our own cup full, and that's just not the case. And then the last one I'm going to say is boundaries. This is something that is still a work in progress for much of society. We have been coerced into this world of work. In corporate America, they don't care if you have families or not. And I think that that is preposterous. I think that's insane. And I know that it's getting better. And I know that every job is different. That's where these boundaries come in. You are your child's energetic leader. Even if you're going to work from nine to five, you are still their energetic leader. So you need to take care of yourself and that includes what boundaries you are willing to put into place to protect your energy levels. If that's only working, you're allotted nine hours a day, then that's where your boundary lies. If that's not doing overtime, even though your boss is going to push your boundary and ask you to do overtime all the time, that's your boundary. This is so easy to say and it's so hard to do. 
The point of boundaries is to protect your own energy. People who don't know how to have boundaries will push yours because they don't respect, care, or understand about boundaries. They don't know how to do it for themselves, so they're not going to respect yours. It is your job to keep your boundaries in place energetically. And that might take a lot of trial and error. It might take a lot of saying yes to things you want to say no to until you're depleted to the point where you don't want to go on. You might have to get to that point before you recognize how important boundaries are. In our world, in our society, boundaries are not respected. And I think that if we as moms can learn how to put them in place for ourselves, that is one of the best tools that we can teach our kids. We have no problem putting boundaries into place for our kids. Why can't we do that to other adults for ourselves? Why can't we put energetic walls up for ourselves? This is going to help tremendously with our self-care. I know that the job thing is a little bit more difficult. I also know that that is a mental block. Hear me out. If you're a mom with a job and you have a hard time setting up boundaries of the time that you're leaving or staying home with your kids when they're sick or X, Y, and Z and you get threatened to be fired, which I think is against the law, by the way, but (laughs) if your boss just doesn't respect those boundaries of like, hey, my kids are my life and I am going to be with them and when they need me, I'm gonna be home and all of this stuff. If you can't set up those boundaries or you're too scared to set up boundaries because you might get fired, the first place that you wanna start is reflecting on why you're scared to get fired. Yes, it could be a financial thing, but it's deeper than that. There's a fear there. You have to crack that fear open because I can tell you from experience that when you leave a situation that is toxic for you, that is sucking your energy for something better for yourself and your family, you will be supported. Energetically, universally, spiritually, from God, You will be supported. You have to believe that. And that is the number one rule. You have to believe that you will be supported. But if you have a mental block as to, I won't get anything better. This job is all I have. This is all I have to support my kids. But I'm miserable every single day going. And it's sucking the life out of me. Newsflash, you are in a toxic environment. And you need to set up a boundary for yourself. Set up a boundary for your self-care. Maybe it's a job in a different field. Maybe it's a job that you didn't expect that you would take, but you pray about it. You ask. You have faith. You have trust. And you have to believe that you deserve more than what you have now. This is part of self-care. Putting up a boundary that you are your best self energetically for your child when you're not going back and forth to a soul-sucking job every single day. Now, I'm not saying this is a forever thing, and I'm not saying that this is the response for you, but it comes back around to the boundaries of your energy. And that's the most important thing for your self-care. How are you protecting your own energy? And it's gonna be through self-reflection of what your energy needs are. And it's gonna be through communication to let all your loved ones know, hey, 
this is what my energetic needs are. And then it's going to be boundaries to put into place so that those energetic needs are met. If you're not meeting them for yourself, no one is going to. The second we look for other people to fill up our energy tanks is the minute that we give our power away. The beautiful thing about self-care through your energy levels is learning yourself fully internally and then showing that to your children. I think that's such a great gift. I'm learning about myself energetically. I'm learning what does feel good, what doesn't feel good, and I'm learning what I need energetically. And I'm going to take that for myself because I love myself and I care for myself and I'm going to respect my own energy enough to give it what it needs so that I can be my best self and that in turn shines on everybody around me. By fostering that within myself, I am teaching by example to my kids. So now they're going to see when I don't feel energetically connected to something, when I don't feel aligned with someone or a situation, I'm going to voice that and I'm going to change it. They're going to see that. And then they are going to grow up knowing that they listen to themselves, listen to their own energy fields, pay attention to how they feel. I think that's a beautiful tool to give them. I think that's the main tool that will help them move through life. I know there's a ton of school of thought out there. I know that there is a lot of hype about listening to your emotions or not listening to your emotions. And what I want to say, how I want to end is this. Your feelings are different than your emotions. The body gives you signals. And those feelings, those like rush feelings, the guttural feeling, the butterfly feeling, the headache, the drowsiness, that's what is your energy field. Your emotions perpetuate your feelings, so it's a byproduct that you're going to reflect on your emotions. But you can look at those emotions and say, do I need to hold these? And if not, how can I release them? Because once you release the emotion, most likely the feeling in your body is going to be released. You hold your emotions in your mind because it's attached to a memory. So once you unlock that original memory, you unlock that emotion, you look at it and say, okay, I don't need to feel this anymore. The feeling will leave your body. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to see the cycle probably a bunch of times, maybe even over a few years to really understand the feeling that's coming through is attached to a specific emotion. This is so important to learn about yourself. That's where all the juiciness is for your self-care. If you can tap into feelings that you don't like and their original emotional memory that they're attached to, face that memory, face that fear, and then release it, you and your energetic field will be much better off because of it. A lot of the times instead what adults do is run from that, hide from that, push that onto their child energetically, it gets transferred to your child. It's generational trauma that you're not willing to face within yourself, this fear that you're not willing to face because you don't like the feelings, so you just push them onto your child. Self-care is a necessary tool for moms to get through motherhood. 
but it's really necessary so that we aren't passing along our energy field to them without knowing that our energy field is clean and clear and loving and everything we want it to be for them. If we can't give ourselves the time to self-reflect, to communicate our needs, and to put up our boundaries, then we're not going to be the moms that we know we can be. And so all I ask of you is to give yourself some self-care. That's all for me today. Thanks so much for listening to Start With Self. Mm-hmm.